Hi, I'm Ron Sisko, and welcome back to Focus. Today, I want to talk about respect. You know, respect is kind of funny. Um, we define it so differently depending on our relationship to other people. You can respect an actor or actress. You can respect your parents. You can respect your teachers. You can respect someone you've never met. You've only seen them in the news. You've, you've read about them. You've watched them. You've listened to them. But that's more idyllic than anything else. The truth is, respect is a two-way street. And that doesn't have to be because of a relationship that you have with a person. That could be just a matter of an artist respecting their fans or a director respecting the viewer. Respect is, is important to communication. Being able to talk to somebody without talking down to them or explain something without patronizing them. Respect is the flow. It's a river, except this river goes two ways. The problem is if you have a lopsided respect, what you have is a curtailed sense of communication. If I respect you and you don't respect me, then I'm going to try to communicate something to you in a way that I feel is respectful, but you either won't listen or won't communicate your point back to me in a way that's respectful. And it's not a hard lesson to learn. We've experienced it really early on. Sometimes it's with your parents. Sometimes it's with someone that you have a lot of respect for who maybe doesn't know you very well or feels that you're not qualified to speak on something. Or maybe in some way you've disqualified your way to speak on something. Because not everyone earns respect. And that's the thing. We can, we can start with the notion of respecting everyone. But respect is earned. It's a trust that gives people respect. And some people are very trusting. They'll, they'll respect you up front. But you need to earn the respect long term. In that way, respect gives us the chance to be critical. And that's the thing. People, a lot of people see criticism as some sort of disrespect. Criticism is not disrespect. Criticism is an opportunity for an external source to help you improve. And it doesn't have to be a personal issue. It could be how you throw a baseball. It could be how you're cooking, your knife skills. It could be driving. Criticism can help you improve the smallest things and some very personal ones. I think you're too hard on yourself. Well, I know you're not good at it yet, but if you try, okay, but this is your first time. Like criticism, criticism gives you a gateway. And we so quickly lock off criticism as a form of disrespect we can't take advice. You know, the difference between someone who is ready to learn and someone who will never improve is someone who cannot take criticism. And the truth is, you are so much more willing to take criticism from someone whom you respect. And let's face it, not all criticism is equal. No matter what you do, if it's in a public space, you are going to receive criticism from people. And most of it won't be from anyone who respects you directly. Maybe they respect what you're trying to do. 
or they appreciate that you're trying something. But if it's your first piano recital and you post it on YouTube, no matter how well you do for your first piano recital, there's still somebody out there who's going to say, yeah, that wasn't so good. Maybe you should uh, not put that on YouTube. But you know what? Don't listen to them. Listen to the people who say, hey, you did a really great job. But in the second movement, it really felt like you didn't have, I don't know anything about playing the piano. Let's just assume that somebody is giving you something useful. I've made the same mistake myself, and this is how I fixed it. That's respectful. That's someone who listens to what you're doing and says, I, I can see what you're going for, and I appreciate the work that you've put in so far. You have earned my respect. And by them attempting to coach you, provide advice, however you want to look at it, respect can be given both ways. It's a two-way street. Unfortunately, respect is also necessary in discourse. And given today's political climate, I'm sure we don't want to talk about politics here. And let's try to maintain a safe space. But discourse is an important, important point in our communication as a society. The truth is, what I believe might not necessarily align with what you believe. But we're never going to accomplish anything unless we can have a meaningful conversation, a meaningful, respectful conversation in which I say, here are the things that I believe to be true. These are the ideas that I've come up with based on research and my experiences. And here are my points to be made. And then you would say, well, here are my counterpoints. And this is why I think your argument isn't as valid as you think it is. And here's the evidence. And that's a good conversation. And we don't necessarily have to agree at the end of it, but we should come away more knowledgeable about each other's arguments, not just to defeat each other's arguments, but to really consider what the difference between what we thought before was and what we think now. We can evolve our opinions. And for some reason in our political climate, evolving our opinions have become a sign of weakness. And it is not weak to take someone's criticism and become different, evolve, better. It's also important to note that on the internet especially, anonymity is being used as a shield, but it's not a shield. The truth is, it's a strange time to be having a conversation like this. In every sense, our very notion of education and communication has been completely changed, evolved. I don't know how you want to look at it. But we have changed the way we use our brains because of the last almost 30 years of the internet. What started out as just a way to share information that may or may not have been important to you became a new way of thinking. It's not necessary to know everything anymore. Every time we turn around, we can find a new way to look something up. And as long as you know how to speak internet, and it doesn't mean memes, I mean like if you know how to Google something, or utilize a search engine in some way. If you, if you understand the language of searching the internet, we, we have a way of not needing to retain that information. And unfortunately, that leads to kind of a corruption because misinformation is right there alongside it. Anonymity cannot be used as a shield from fact-checking, from points, from, from real evidence. And people do it all the time. So in terms of respect, 
is not respectful. It's not respectful to use anonymity as a shield. I get it. I get it. Some people feel worried about being attacked, but the truth is, everything we do has a consequence, and unfortunately, some people face consequences for speaking. And all we can do is do our best to be better. If I'm respectful to other people, if we're all respectful to other people, we could all speak our minds instead of worrying about getting death threats or having to relocate our families because someone knows where you live. They've posted your address saying, I don't agree with you. So everybody, this is where the pers person lives. Let's, let's do something about it. That's, that's beyond disrespectful. That's criminal. But that's someone attempting to suppress you. Someone attempting to say, your message threatens me. And the fact that it exists makes me feel the need to snuff you out. And it's an unfortunate consequence, but it is one that we face today. And it's easy for me to say, but the truth is, if we can't face those consequences, we'll never have the opportunity to really have a conversation about those things. We need to protect the people who speak out. And we need to make sure that as long as their message isn't one of hatred and violence, that we protect that person from a hatred or violent backlash. In that same way, it is so important also to understand that when you are proven wrong, it is time to say, okay, I was wrong. And it is just as important for us to forgive those people. Admitting you're wrong is another phenomenal expression of respect, not just for yourself, but for other people. When you've had your mind changed or when you've been proven wrong beyond reasonable doubt, it is a respect of other people's time to finally say so. And respecting other people's time is so important. If you don't believe the argument that you're putting forth, why are you doing it? Is it for profit? Do you understand that today, anything you say that is catchy enough or aligns with someone's beliefs enough that, that they want to take it and run with it, that you've wasted so much time as a society. This isn't the same as us writing newspaper articles and publishing them in the Boston Tribune. This is, this is real. Anything you say at any moment could be a talking point because it gets 150,000 retweets. And it might not be factually accurate. People will just spread it because it agrees with their message. And it doesn't end there. Everything about respecting someone's time just leads back to being considerate. And if you want to look at the best way to earn respect, or to be respected, or to express respect, be considerate to people. It doesn't have to be complicated. I hope you don't look at this as a plug. One of my favorite hobbies is to stream games on Twitch. And granted, playing games on the internet isn't exactly what you'd call a productive hobby. But it doesn't have to be productive. I enjoy it because of the relationships that I form with people and the things that we discover together. I feel that I myself am more empathic to kind of the development cycle and what may have been going on in the games. So for the most part, I like to play bad games, but sometimes I like to play what are highly regarded as good games as well. Very recently, I found myself playing Red Dead Redemption 2, 
which was a request from someone. And I, I loved the first game, so or at least I loved Red Dead Redemption. So I decided to purchase that and play it. And the first three hours that I played, it was probably about 15 minutes of actual gameplay and two hours and 45 minutes of me walking around in a horse. Now that might have been phenomenal for developing atmosphere, and I know that they were attempting to tell a story, but there's more efficient ways to tell a story. I felt so disrespected for my time. As a gamer, your time is a commodity because your time comes with money. The more time you spend with a game, the more likely you are to purchase DLC or purchase online currency or at least play online so the servers look active so that other people will be encouraged to play online and purchase DLC or purchase the in-game currency. But for the three hours that I played, I felt so miserable because it felt like no one in that studio took a minute to say, hey, wait a second, are we sure we want to put them through three hours of this before getting to the actual game? And my answer would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second, three hours? That, that's incredible. Like an hour would have been great. How long is a Western movie? Now, I, I know that Red Dead Redemption doesn't qualify as a Western movie. It's, a, it's an epic. It's supposed to be 40 to 60 hours long. But three hours before I could play the game, before I could carve my own experience into a game, that felt disrespectful. I know I kind of went on a tangent there, but it was something that I felt very passionate about. And to me, it's a great example of how a one-way street of respect. My going in, knowing what a great experience I had with Red Dead Redemption, the first Red Dead Redemption, gave me enough respect for this developer to blindly give them $60 to purchase a piece of software instead of me renting it from a red box, which is, in all honesty, something I probably should have done. I think consideration is always one of those strange concepts that people don't really wrap their head around. You can overthink consideration. You can overthink how to be considerate for someone, but it's really just giving them a thought as a human being. It doesn't have to be our grand concept of chivalry. It doesn't have to be some incredible show of how much attention I pay to you. It could be something as simple as opening the door for someone because they look like they have too much in their hands. You don't have to open the door for everyone. That's something you might do. But if somebody's got a couple of boxes in their hands, you could certainly open the door for that person. The fact that you gave the thought to that other person to do that, that's consideration. That's respect for another human being. It's a decent thing to do. Consideration is being aware of another person's existence. When you walk down a hallway or down the street looking down at your phone, not paying attention to the rest of the world, you're being so inconsiderate to anyone around you because everyone else sees you as a, a car without a driver. They're avoiding you. They're trying to not make contact with you because you are capable of hurting someone. You are careening down a street thinking that you are in your own world. And that's what you're doing. You're in your own world. You've closed everyone off. If you were the kind of person who walks down the street looking at your phone, stop it. I'm telling you right now, I don't usually tell people what to do. Because we're all different and we should all live our own lives. Stop walking down the street looking at your phone. It's so inconsiderate. 
tip your servers. Try to share the armrests on an airplane. Be considerate. Think about other people. It's, it's so simple. It's so simple. Where would I want to be in your situation? How would I want to be treated? It ties back to empathy, doesn't it? Just be considerate. How much lovelier a world we could be if we were all considerate to each other instead of combative. Unfortunately, some people look at respect as a weakness, and it is not. Attempting to accommodate another human being is not a weakness. And some people will take advantage of it because they are awful people. It's toxic. It poisons them and it poisons you. Why would you continue to be considerate to other people if people will take advantage of you? That's one of those unfortunate consequences to any sort of human interaction. At a restaurant. At the bus stop. At the airport. At school. At the apartment complex. You can still be respectful to someone who is not respectful to you. It's possible. It's warranted. It's a good way to continue on without worrying about other people and whether or not they're going to take advantage of you. At the very least, you can be considerate to those people. But you can also understand when someone is toxic and it's time to cut them out. Some people are entirely incapable of being respectful or considerate to other people. And I'm not sure what their problem is. But it's one of those kind of interesting dynamics. A lot of executives and managers like to say, oh, I love taking new employees out to see how they treat waitstaff. Because if they treat the server poorly, how are they going to treat anybody else? Like our customers. Sure, they'll kiss up to me because I'm their boss. But what about the people that they don't feel like they need to impress? Everyone matters. Now, I think most of those people who say that only say it because they read it in Forbes. But some of them believe it. Some people do believe that. It's a great thing to believe, to think, if you can't treat someone well, how can you treat anyone well? Why does it have to be a dynamic of power? You can cut those people out. That sounds cold, but it's true because those people are not worth your time. They won't communicate with you, even if they respect you, because you have something that they want or you can do something for them. That respect is fleeting. The moment you don't have something to offer to them, it's time for them to move on. So you're really just skipping a step. I think the last point I wanted to hit on is respect for other cultures. And that one's kind of tough. In America especially, we should be so capable of respecting other cultures, but it's so divided here, which is strange. I remember when I was growing up in elementary school and middle school, I grew up in Connecticut. In elementary school and middle school, patriotism was taught very heavily. I don't know how it was for other people. I imagine it's probably a lot the same, but because of our proximity to what happened in the uh, American Revolution and the Declaration of Independence, Connecticut is the Constitution state, we are taught so many of the lessons that we thought were important, 
that they haven't necessarily applied. The truth is, looking back on it, so much of it was more pomp and circumstance than reality. But we were taught that America was a melting pot that we accepted people from all nations and that we looked forward to their integration into, into the country and that each of their cultures would enhance ours by their presence and by our adoption of, of the things that they love. And what could be more respectful than that? Other cultures gives us such a, an opportunity to explore the world without leaving, to let us know where we would love to go to tell us if we've missed out on something growing up. Doesn't have to be religion. Doesn't have to be from another country. It could be just a family thing. I have friends who have enviable relationships with their families, and we make jokes about it, but the truth is I wish I had the same with my parents. But to look at someone else's culture, to look at someone else's life experience and dismiss them just because they're different, I mean, forget about the subject of respect for a second. That's, what a loss for you. If you've ever looked at someone different and said, I'm glad I don't know anything about that. I hope they stay away from me. They might not be for you. Not everything is. But your life is enriched by diversity. And it's not necessarily apparent when people are things that you are afraid of. But diversity brings a meaning to what we do here. If everyone was the same, your existence would not be necessary. And you are necessary. You are here because you can make a difference. Thank you for listening. Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast. You can find more information at focusbycisco.com. And I would like to thank support from Vigilanthe and Anastasia Weberhausen. Your support is the reason this podcast is possible at all. Thank you so much. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and hopefully Spotify soon. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope the message was interesting to you. If you found it important to you, I hope you share it with someone, and not because you think someone else should hear it. I'll see you when the plot requires it, but until then, be excellent to each other.